down the rabbit hole of the century looking at the Forbes 400 um, net worth list. Pretty interesting shit. How much did that scare you? A lot, dude. A lot. What's the scare meter at? One to ten. Eight. <laughs> wow. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Just from that one article? Well, so I went down a rabbit hole and I was like, all right, let me get some like data points to see how rich are like these numbers. Like you look at Bill Gates, like 115 million. And um, obviously Bill Gates is more than 115 million. Oh, billion. Sorry. Billion. Billion. Yeah. billion. yeah. Hold on. I have the article up still. Obviously, Bezos was number one at 179 billion. And like, that's almost just too big of a number to really like comprehend and compare to anything. So I Googled like the richest athletes of all time. You know how many athletes in history have a net worth over a billion? It's like very few. I would say like one MJ. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> Literally one dude. I was, I was going to think of like some, like, like someone like Messi or Neymar or something like someone yeah. in, in, in Europe. But yeah, MJ is the only one I would even consider. So, so like, I was like, all right, so if we compare it to athletes and movie stars, like The Rock has been the highest paid actor in Hollywood for like years now. Dude, his net worth is Which $400 is million. Yeah. Well, I get it. It's like the, <laughs> He's made very subpar movies. <laughs> but, 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 the, but so I just was like looking for the comparison point. Like we, we would see The Rock's life as more lavish than we could comprehend. And he's worth four hundred million. Well, dude, so then, even like, even LeBron. Think think about LeBron. Like, we, like yeah. you were saying, he's got to be a billionaire. Brand. I was like, I don't yeah, know. I think he was about four hundred million too. Yeah, like you just think of like with the contract he has with Nike and everything else. Like, it's crazy how much money they have, and they're not even halfway to a billion. So why does then, that scare you? I guess is so, so keep, keep, let, let, let me keep going. Uh, I'll make this. Quick. Oh, so we're just during, doing a yeah, slow just, journey down the rabbit hole. Slow so journey. yeah, Cedic just slow. So then the next stop, I started recognizing some names as guys who have bought um, NFL teams. And like, who's the Panthers owner? Um, Jerry. No, it used to be Jerry. No, it used to be Jerry Richardson. It's uh, holy shit. Okay, it doesn't matter. I don't know. Well, David whoever. Tepper. David Tepper. David. David Tepper. Tepper dude. David Tepper's net worth is like six billion. Mm-hmm. It's the guy who's just bought the Mets like two weeks ago, or got the bid. His is like eight billion. So like, all right, they're already making twenty times what LeBron does, and they have enough to buy sports teams in cash. Uncomprehendable number. Well, what really got me scary was when you look at the top of that fucking list, dude, and see Jeff Bezos and his wife have. What's 170 <laughs> divided by like eight? 20 times the money of a guy who can buy an NFL franchise in cash. Like the and, fact and the that wife, his, and you're only factoring in the wife's money from the divorce. I wasn't even looking at her. Right. Oh, okay. I was you're not just Bezos. Okay. Yeah. The wife, what, what was the number? I said like 70 billion. I think She's like, like 19th richest person or something. Is in that what America, you said? just from a divorce settlement. <laughs> Dude, ladies never worked a day in her life. That's how you know it's 2020, baby. Go women. Yeah. Right. Part, part of my take did a breakdown of, of the money that she got in the divorce. And I, I don't remember specifics, but it's jarring when you like, and they have it like down into categories like entertainment, mortgage, cell phone. No, that was Dr. Dre's wife. That was Dr. Dre. I thought that was Jeff Bezos. No, that was Dr. Dre's wife. She's trying to file for divorce right now and ask for two million a month. I'm getting my divorcees. uh, Yeah, I'm waiting for the scary part. 
So I think the scary part for me is I literally think some of these guys like Jeff Bezos are super villains. Like, Why though? It's just because they're ultra rich. So Jerry, are you, are you getting, there's a point you're getting at that like the amount of money they've made in a pandemic when there's millions of people out of work. Is that kind of what you're getting? No, at? It, it's not even really about the pandemic to me. Like I understand why they made more money in the pandemic. Cause like their companies are doing well. Yeah. The, the, and the stock markets went ballistic. Yeah. But I think it's more like, is there a point where like enough money should be enough money? And you should look at these people who own these huge corporations as like, how are you taking care of your employees as opposed to how are you increasing your wealth from a hundred billion to 200 billion? Like who needs, obviously the answer is nobody, but like, why does some, why should somebody have almost $200 billion? That's more than most States GDPs. And one person has that much money. Why shouldn't they though? Like if he, if isn't that he, how this he was the guy works, to come up with the company, I mean, Amazon is the company when you think of tech titans, you know what I mean? Leaders of that industry. Like yep. He's the guy and that is where the money is. So why shouldn't he be able to make that much money? I, I yeah, don't think I, it's I think that I agree with Ty here. I, I don't think it's that he shouldn't be allowed to make that much money. But I, I think like, I don't think there should be a cutoff of like, you can't make more You're money. You're just saying, why can't he just like donate? like you know 100 billion because he wouldn't bat an eye wouldn't change his life and, and not even donate but like why can't you say like hey in addition to having like a kick-ass company that is all these things great and change the world i also pay my factory workers more than minimum wage and like give them benefits and don't replace all their jobs with robots to increase profitability even more it's like it would scary to me is like where's should there be a balance because i know like, yeah, really, but, like shareholders uh, as soon as you don't replace those things with robots, you're also going to have your other side of the coin where they're saying, honestly, like you're the biggest company in the world and you can't make an effort to, you know, get behind climate change and really, you know, take out some of the carbon emissions. Yeah. I, I think it could go down all those different like rabbit holes. So, but, and, so and I also don't think like funding, you know, things like that, while I agree, like that would be great. And like, honestly, there really isn't a reason why you, someone couldn't do it in that position but like is that a precedent you want to set where like you know what happens yeah. if god forbid that that company went under and then all of a sudden he doesn't have all any because money of like, the, right because yeah. of the major investment you made in some good thing that had good intentions but completely just topples a company i think that could be potentially a, a major domino effect and when you've gotten that high up on the totem pole i'm just I, I thinking think you it's also not a, think a lot differently yeah, I'm just thinking, I'm just trying to say that's not necessarily a great like business strategy to, you know, just fund, like from your personal wealth fund, you know, different parts of your business. Yeah. Like, I think well, it, I don't it's, think it's any... not about personal wealth. Like, that's not money in his bank account. Like, that money is because the share price is so high. Right. But if he, if he sold his company, that's what he would get paid. Yeah. But I guess like that wasn't the, the point I was trying to make. The point I was trying to make is at what point should somebody who's that rich care about you're just talking about company's profitability is that what you're more getting at like yeah and, and like care about more than share price like I, i'm not yeah. saying at all i think the government should tell somebody what to do with their money i don't feel that way at all i feel strongly against that but at, at what point like should society and like it almost just reminds me of like the union like labor movements be like hey you're john rockefeller and like all you're these people who pretty much run the world at this point, right? Have a front seat at the table with the president. 
Like when do you start caring about your employees that make it possible for you to make all this money? Like, I almost feel like we've kind of like with the, there's not many, many unions left and I'm not even like a huge union guy, but like, I don't know, dude, that's kind of fucked up. Like you can be worth that much money, but you treat your employees like shit to the point where like you're making them work through COVID for $10 an hour and like, can't be like, hey guys, I'm going to give you yeah, but think a about raise what you're saying or a bonus right now. or something like that. Think about what you're saying, right? Because ultimately, I totally agree with your sentiment. But think about what you're saying right now. You're saying, can you believe this guy is making it like paying his co- like co uh, his employees during COVID? Is that should be a great thing that those people are still getting paid? All they're getting doing paid is fucking minimum wage. Like that was but more that the- feeds their family more than. You know, we talk about all the fuck ups with unemployment and the stimulus, you know, money yeah. and at least I mean, they're fuck employed. that, dude. If, if think about how grateful we were during that time back then that we were like, dude, oh my God, thank God I'm still getting paid and I didn't get laid off. Right. But but he, you can't so, say that. You can't use that as an example. That that's to me he, that, but, that's not a great example. But I don't but it's that. if it's not a livable wage, like okay, so here's a perfect example of looking at like Walmart. So Walmart is notorious for paying its employees literally minimum wage, state minimum wage in whatever state they live in. And like 80% of their employees are on welfare. So the Walton family has the three kids all have net worths over $50 billion from inheriting it all. Why should the taxpayers cover welfare for 80% of Walmart employees? Because Walmart doesn't want to pay them a livable wage. What's a livable wage? I think it depends whatever, not welfare. If they're, 80% of your Walmart's just going to say, dude, those jobs aren't meant to, yeah, they're, they're know, not meant to support feed a family. Like th- a lot of those jobs I see like old people having, like just as a way to make right. some extra it's like cash. A retire, it's like a retirement job or, you know, something like that. But why should you have a retirement job? Like most because people that's, Walmart are like slow and special needs, to be honest, in my mind, like because they there. don't need smart, intelligent people to work checking receipts at walmart i'm not talking about checking receipts but any of the jobs any of the other any jobs at walmart to bring out cashier why do you need someone intelligent and smart to bring out a cashier to be a cashier yeah i mean obviously you don't need somebody with a college degree or anything like that to be a cashier I i don't think the walmarts of the world are attracting the kinds of people that would even want to work in, a, in an environment like that. It's it, it clearly, there's a reason why there's those certain types of people at Walmart because that's all they're really qualified to do. So those people should just, we should float their lifestyle with welfare as opposed to Walmart. No, but maybe there's, you know, maybe like, like Ty said, should these Walmart jobs be set up for these people to have, be able to buy houses and, you know, and ha- and live comfortably? I mean, it's, it's a Walmart job. It's a very, so what do you it's meant think? to be a very low paying job. Like it's like, you shouldn't be flourishing working at Walmart. I'm not you, saying flourishing by any means, but like, what do you think lower middle class and like working class should look like? Not working at like, Walmart. I mean, definitely not working at Walmart. That's, that's, that's lower. I mean, that's low. That's, that's pretty, it's that's even lower. Low. Yeah. Okay. Mean, <laughs> honestly, and I'm not, it, it, it is absolutely no offense to anyone that works at Walmart. I'm just saying that is a minimum wage job. The jobs you're talking about. You know, if you're a manager of a Walmart, you're not making minimum wage, right? You're making a salary of probably, say, 50 grand a year, 45 grand a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? So 
just like we talk about in a capitalist society, you need bottom rungs and you need a ladder to work up. And I'm sure if, you, if we looked at it, yes, there are a ton of people at Walmart that probably make minimum wage, but I'm sure there are jobs within the company or within a location that, you know, they can jump a little bit, make a little bit here yeah, and there. The ladder. And then if they, if they want to pursue more, then they get a better job and say, hey, look at my resume. I started at the bottom at Walmart, climbed my way up. I want to apply for this job that'll pay me 45, 50 grand a year. They get that job and then continue to climb that ladder. I think the problem is there's not that many 45 and 50 grand jobs for people who aren't skilled and in that lower class or like low working class. Yeah. Rung. And, and you, you talked about, Hey, what is the middle, what should the middle class look like? Like traditionally there have been those jobs like industrial manufacturing, right? Like things that you don't necessarily need, like, a ton of brain power to do, yeah. but you may you need have a skill enough skill to provide sure. value to make a livable living for lack sure. of a better term. Yeah. And there's not, there's just not a ton of those jobs to your point. Yeah. I think that that's the concern is the, for me, the disparity of, it might be a bottleneck, like you're saying, you know, they, they there's a lot of people stuck, you know, at that lower tier because right. yep. there's not enough. Yeah. And, I mean, that's and, a and maybe they don't have the skill set to, say that they should have, you know, the way we just maybe historically look at a $40,000 a year job or a $50,000 a year job, like those people are kind of left with no options, right? Like, I, I guess I always go back to look at and like comparison points of like our grandparents and our parents, like I would say it was easy to make a living and support a family back then, but like most people didn't go to college in our parents' generation. Like neither were, of my parents have college to, degrees. Right. And they were able to buy homes and, and raise and, and families. And take care of a family. They weren't right. looking for lavish lives, but they yeah. could put food on the table, put a roof over their head. Like, yeah, that, was like I, that was like the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Like people, that was like a very common yeah, way I would, to, yeah, I mean, that, that was normal American society. Yeah, I, like I guess my concern is why can't we still have that? Like back Because a lot of shit TV went overseas, like, dude. yeah. Well, that's manufacturing jobs specifically, but like other jobs, I guess, like... What else do you think went away? I don't know. Like, I guess I look at old TV shows and movies and like, you could literally like support a family or like put food on your table working at like Sears or like my grandpa was a post office worker. Like raised three kids working at a post office. Is the only I, I think you still have those that, those people working at a uh, being a postal office worker. I think that's probably pays you forty grand a year. I mean, probably and, and that's like that's a government job. I mean, like there's there's pensions in that, and because they're somewhat so. protected, yeah. yeah, yeah, they are. So like something so like that, still, you, you you could you could definitely. It's probably afford. a little. It's it's definitely not probably. It's definitely a little harder because I think in, you know, uh, inflation has gone up, and I don't think you know the livable wage maybe has caught up right. caught up to it or whatever. But there's a lot of those economic factors that just over time it's just gotten so out of control that. You know, you don't see the, the lifestyle of the 60s and 70s in, you know, in 2020, especially now. Obviously, it's kind of unfair to talk about. But even like last year and years before, it's kind of been the same thing, minus the massive unemployment that we've been you yeah. know, enduring. But well, so, and that's really what was scaring me looking at the article. So the headline, if you open up the article is like, I don't know, I'll pull it up. I have the tab open. Is it on Forbes? Yeah, like, it's on Forbes' yeah, website. So the net worth of America's 600-plus billionaires has increased by more than $400 billion during the pandemic. Yeah, so the headline is, Pandemic Be Damned. So, like, you, have you guys heard about how the 
economy recovering is a K, not a V? Like, have you heard that analogy? Uh, Where you've got the top half skyrocketing with the stock market, like increasing and the bottom half skyrocketing down because they're still unemployed and not getting their jobs back. Yeah. Okay. So it's like that, I guess that's what was making me think of this is where do you find that balance of how much power and how much do we let the economy grow at the top without figuring out a way to make sure we have a middle class for the bottom half of America? I don't know. I just, I always I think, like, I think, yeah, I think that's I mean, liberal Mo coming out a little bit. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely yeah. is. I, but I, I don't, I don't think either of us disagree with like how that's kind of not screwed up that they're making that money, but there's, there's a lot of people suffering while others are flourishing. And I just feel like it's not a sustainable path for America. Like I understand why it's happening and I don't think you can disincent, disenfranchise or disincentivize, excuse me, um, people to want to accumulate more wealth. But at what point do we not have a middle-class America anymore? And you have white suburbanites like us and people in poverty and that's it. Like that's kind of a scary America to think about. Like if I think of what made America great, it was the fact that any immigrant could come here and within a generation own a house, have a family, and a roof over their head. Whether they had a college yeah. degree or not. Yeah. I don't know that that's necessarily due to people like Jeff Bezos being worth that money. But. Like, do you, like I, I just don't think there, was, there were companies as successful as Amazon and Google and Microsoft have become. Back in the day. All the all the all the tech companies. Like you don't you don't think if someone could make one hundred and seventy nine billion dollars back in nineteen seventy two that they wouldn't because they I, were I, I think they definitely better did. people. But but I'm curious of like okay, so look at like companies like Sears. Like I don't know, why I always think of Sears, but I just picture like a big department <laughs> well, store. Sears was king. Yeah, in America forever. Like, I'm sure whoever owned Sears at the time and was the CEO was worth billions, but they still were able to have employees who could have, you don't want to say a career, but could have a livable wage there, right? Like, I think that's a better America than the richest man in the world doubling his wealth in a year, and you still have a dwindling and shrinking middle class. Do you yeah. not agree that that's a better America? Oh, of course. Oh, I think I think most people. I think everyone would agree with that. Yeah, that's a little bit of a leading question, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, I just like the, what you know. It's it's something to get mad about, right? But ultimately, what what the fuck are you gonna do about it? I mean, you gonna take the guy's money and redistribute it? Let's start. Let's start putting together modern day unions. Robin Hood. No unions, baby. Let's get some rights for these this employees. Yeah, but you also have the really, really bad side of unions too. Yeah, and I'll be the first to say that as much as I I like being part of a union, there's uh, I can I can name a lot of things I don't like about a union, and I think the the idea of unions initially, I mean, in, in light of obviously we just had Labor Day. Yeah, that's um, what made me think of it. Yeah, I mean the 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 purpose of unions back in the late eight you know like in the mid to late 1800s when like that was first starting with like the mills and the unsafe conditions transportation and child labor industries laws. yeah, yeah and, and everything i think that the way that unions are run now is not anything close to what they were intended to be like over 100 years yeah. ago yeah and, and i think other than like safety was a huge part of why you had unions but the other part was to allow people to not be taken advantage of 
Yeah. Like, be, yeah. yeah. Like by their employers. Like they want to yep. be, be able to have rights and be protected. Yeah. And, and sure. I totally see large corporations like Walmart and Amazon taking full advantage of their employees because those employees have no other options. Would you guys say that has shown times of taking advantage of their employees, like, like corporations? Or, or would you say that more so like a company that without, without a unionized framework, but is still taking care of you guys or most employees? I definitely think they take care of most of their employees. Cause I, I think the difference is most of their employees are college educated and skilled right. and like are in a much better situation than somebody who's like an entry level employee somewhere. I don't know. Would it, you agree, Ty? So is that a positive thing for, for, yeah. Like I I think that they have a, they do a good job of managing their employee, like treating your employees fairly while managing your share price and profitability. Like, I think they do a good job of that. By no means do I feel like we are like treated like Amazon warehouse workers. (laughs) No. Right, because we don't work in an Amazon warehouse. I think yeah, that's you my guys, that's point. You like, I think it's and not you don't apples work at a Walmart, and you know you're not rigging yeah. out bags at a Walmart. It's where... definitely yeah, they have to because they we have enough skills. Or if they did treat us like shit, we'd right. say peace. We'll get a job somewhere else. Whereas like, someone at Amazon and or Walmart is kind of like you know, as much as it sucks to see them, like you say, eighty percent of their employees on welfare. It's not they don't have the they're kind of between a rock and a hard place in a way. Cause most of them can't just quit Walmart yeah. and go and go apply somewhere else and get a better paying job with, with benefits and all that. So they're kind of stuck there and, and, Wal- of, and Walmart knows that. I thought of a good example and sorry if we're keeping this topic going way too long. Um, <laughs> Pretty UPS. good for a topic we brought up like a half an hour ago. So you look at UPS employees, like I've got family members that work for UPS. I know Adam, you do as well. Yep. Like UPS and I know they're union, but they're, they've always been in a play where you go, you work your butt off but you make livable wage, you have benefits. And even if you're a person in the factory unloading and loading trucks, you can make 60 plus grand a year and raise a family on it. If you're a truck driver, you can work 60 hours a week and make 80 grand a year and raise a family yeah, on dude. it. Like why, why can't Amazon do that when it's worth so much more than UPS and still I mean, be a 60 profitable, grand successful sounds like company. a lot of money to be a, what did you say? Work in the warehouse? Oh, I bet you they make at least sixty grand in the warehouse. In the warehouse yeah. or driving, yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, I don't know. That sounds 60 like a grand lot in the of warehouse. Money. It, well, because it's an hourly rate, so I bet you they're paid hourly. I I know for a fact. So I've got a cousin who works in the warehouse. I don't know what he makes, but I know he raises his family on it and lives a very normal, comfortable lifestyle. He he's been there for like fifteen years. So I'm sure you probably don't start at sixty grand, but I bet you between hours, overtime, etc. I bet you you can make something like that. I mean that. Like I said, I have no idea. All I know is that, you know, my uncle who's been working for UPS for, I think almost, yeah, I think almost 30 years now. And he, he does some pretty shitty drives. He, he had to work his way up to get to that point, but um, he makes really, he makes pretty damn good money and he has great benefits, but I know he's a, he's a driver and he's driving long distances. I don't know. I don't know what his experience was like when he was starting in the warehouse, but um, the typical yeah, I mean, warehouse yeah. worker, uh, that gets paid fourteen dollars an hour. Well, I'm, a sixty. I, 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 like I can imagine. I can confirm for a fact that my cousin does not raise his family on fourteen dollars an hour. How, so how I don't long know is your what cousin? job he does in the warehouse, but he's yeah, been with uh, UPS for like fifteen years plus. 
Right. So I wonder like, yeah, he's in the warehouse, but kind of like we talked about Walmart, maybe he's got that. I don't know. Is he like a management position in the warehouse or is he like just a regular, like just loading up trucks and doing all that, you know, grunt work. I mean, he, is, he works third shift, so maybe it's a combination of like night shift differential. Okay, well, plus, there you go. yeah, there you go. I, plus I think that's, overtime, yeah. like something like that. I mean, what's twenty hours, twenty bucks an hour times, say, you know, fifty Amazon hours. Amazon overnight workers get paid overtime. So if, if you make twenty bucks an hour, you can make fifty-two thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. like, I think that's fair. But I guess my point to pay is, pay a minimum wage job twenty dollars an hour, fifty-two grand a year. No, but why there should be some type of like, if you can make that working overtime in third shift or whatever it may be at a company like UPS, why get it? Why shouldn't Amazon treat their employees the same way? Or why? I shouldn't say why shouldn't they? Why can't they? How do you know that an overnight factory worker at Amazon doesn't make more than you're thinking? Right. Like how about a third shift employee at Amazon? Do you think they're making more than 10 to 10 bucks an hour? I've never, ever heard of a person making a livable wage. And I don't know anybody who works at Amazon, but I think that's part of the reason why. I've never heard of anybody <laughs> who works, works at Amazon's warehouse um, who makes a livable wage, in <laughs> for lack of a better term. Jesus Christ. Damn. Yeah, I, mean, sorry, I, I, don't know. I don't know anybody at Amazon either, but that? I don't know. I feel, I feel like there's got to be positions in in that warehouse somewhere where you're making all right a more well, either way we're for, whether it's 14 dollars, 12 dollars, no, i don't I, give a, I, I don't I'm give not, a fuck i'm Why not trying to pitch betty's i'm just saying jobs i'm just there saying are livable jobs just not in the warehouse i think there are livable jobs within amazon that's that, that, Lots that, of that's them. what yeah tons of them if you're a, if you're a low level warehouse worker that's then, what i'm talking then, about is entry middle class blue collar america not you go work for amazon in their office I know, but companies can't afford to, and this is your point that someone like Amazon, of course, can, but yes. you can't regulate that to make everyone get paid 15 to $20 an hour because then your middle-class businesses are going to suffer. They can't, they can't pay that. So you would have to make a special regulation for someone like Amazon. Or well, I'm the, not the talking Mac- regulation. I'm talking about company choice. Like, I okay, think it should be well, up then to the company. Yeah, then, then, if, then, I mean... Of course, yeah, sure. Amazon should do that because they can. Yeah, that's I all. Wonder, that, that's I wonder. The... <laughs> I wonder what the. That's the. That's the point you were making. Yes, long okay. way around. But what were you going to say? No, I was just saying. I, I wonder, like to, to Ty's point, if if Amazon all of a sudden decide to be like the pioneer and and decide that they're going to like like dramatically raise their prices or, or, or raise the wages of like those lower level warehouse workers. I just wonder what kind of domino effect that would have on the other major tech companies. Yeah. Like it would help Amazon workers at the time, but then that's it. Right. I'm just curious. I I think it'd be interesting to see. I just wonder how that would affect the rest of the economy, the way it's working now, because everything's going to have to match that or, or exceed it. No, they they won't. That's the point is that where a warehouse job will now become a middle-class job in America and normal people will aspire to be, the warehouse worker that can make 52 grand no that, while the that, rest of america is still in the same spot right but the rest of america will be like well theoretically we should be able to give more ideally to you know because we want to stick stay in that middle class job arena but like you know and i agree like they wouldn't be able to do that over time if if corporations like amazon all decide to fall in line with that 
you know, the, the idea of just raising the wages of lower class and, and, and de-incentivizing them to find other jobs with benefits where you're not breaking your back. I don't and, think it would de-incentivize them. I think it'd be a good thing. I'm just saying it only work for one company or, you know, the, the handful of companies at the top who make, it, it would know, work for the big companies. It worked for the billion dollars a year. Yeah, the Walmarts, well, the Amazons, I mean, the, the companies Amazons. like that. Yeah, the Amazon type companies. I wouldn't say like every single company. I'm just saying like the ones that can afford it. Yeah, you're right. It'll be good. But after that, most yeah, so we're, of those we're talking other... about what? How many people in America do you think have those jobs at those tech tech giants? Well, I'm not talking tech giants. I was thinking more like blue collar workers, like Walmart, like drivers for them, their factories, shit like that. Like Google and those other tech companies, they don't have entry level employees really. Microsoft isn't good. right. Okay, so we're talking. How many do you think? A hundred, a couple hundred thousand people, hundred thousand people. Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah, so I mean, that'd be a nice solution for them, but that's not a solution for. Tell you what, you know, I would go work for them in the whole. summer. I, right. I'd, I'd screw screw lumber. I'm going to Amazon. They're paying me twenty an hour to work in the warehouse. Sounds great. Yeah. Um. All right. So, I don't. I don't want to necessarily delve back into what we were talking about last week, but. I did get a note. Uh, I think I told you guys I got a note from a listener, uh, up, listener? Who, who wanted to poise a, a question to us. Did say they enjoyed the episode, so I want to preface Wh- which by episode that. are we referring to? Uh, last week's episode. Oh, all right. Oh, that um, was a good one. I like that. Yeah. One. So that was the window dressings, right? That yeah. was window dressing. Yeah. Um, so uh, the writer says the question is related to something Adam said about how we decide to vote for or who we decide to vote for rather. He said, it depends on what you prioritize with your vote and that voting for the potential benefits uh, of the economy under Trump doesn't mean you don't care about the racial divisiveness he champions, which I don't really agree with. Um, (laughs) I would ask then, does your vote for Trump based on your pocketbook, which signals your priorities, make you a racist? He said, you know, while I certainly don't think voting for Trump makes anyone a racist, does voting based on the economic priority or more money for you over, you know, social and moral priority uh, bring the subconscious bias that we were talking about to the forefront? So I had a Adam, good question. Called out I, saying, I had a feeling this question was going to be for me. I feel like every time you've asked no, this, it, 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 it comes for, back it, to me. It's for all of us. He just re- uh, referenced something that you had. Oh, said. okay. So that was so, a really long-winded question. So in general, am I standing by what I said? Or for you, I guess. Pretty much- for you, I guess. Yeah, because you had, you had said that you think it's separate. Yeah, um, I, don't, I, I do not think that voting for one candidate because of certain things makes you align with, you know, the image of the majority of that person's voters. Like we kind of talked about, like, you know, when we think of – when we think of people who vote or are voting for Biden, like we tend to think of the images of those protesters in Kenosha in Portland. And when you think of the voters that, you know, represent Trump, you think of these Southern backwater, you know, backwater, backwater, well, (laughs) Southern backwater (laughs) County and, and just like small town blue collar. And I guess a racist person. I think the point the questioner was making was more if you care more about your own personal agenda in this example, the economy and 
how that affects your pocketbook versus social justice and rights for others as the other example, does that make you a racist? Was that what they were asking? Yeah. So I don't no, think it's well, about the answer is no, I don't think it does. At least that's my answer. So what do you guys think? Does that make just you a racist? No, I can't get any more. Well, I was saying how if I vote, if I voted for Trump at this upcoming election, most of the people that we bash because, you know, they're out there virtue signaling or just calling people out and trying to, you know, smear their name because of a decision they've made. They think of the prototypical Trump person that we all think of when it comes to supporting him and going to the rallies and all that. So I think that's an unfair assumption to assume, to make about someone who votes for him. I'll say this. I would say on on the flip side, voting for Biden, again, we have an image of people who vote for Democrat and vote vote Biden. I think that's unfair to assume they're all like that. Um, So uh, they also say, looking forward, I think it's a reasonable conclusion. (laughs) Who wrote this? I think it's a reasonable conclusion that if Trump is elected again, that race relations will not get better and likely uh, might even get worse. Doesn't your vote represent an opportunity to affect change? I mean, I think any vote has an opportunity to affect change in a positive way, for sure. In this case, specifically talking about race relations in the country, do you think a vote for Trump reflects a vote for positive change? I mean, based on the way he's handled things, I guess the it would be like taking a more scenic route to getting better race relations. It's going to take a lot longer based on the way he's, even though he claims that he's done more for African-Americans than any president, which, you know, it's even more than uh, Lincoln possibly. He said, (laughs) I know. Yeah. He's, he's been, he said, he said that quite a bit. Um, I mean, I'm going to play a couple clips here. I got a couple clips of Trump from uh, actually from the, Laura Ingram interview, if you guys saw that, which is fucking embarrassing. I um, think I did. Th- this is this is Trump on, you know, what he thinks the black community wants when it comes to policing. It was such a big deal, and look what Biden did in 1994. No, nope, that's not what I wanted. Oh yeah, it is. Or what he did to people, to black people. Called the, he called the, cr- the criminals predators. Well, he called them predators, super predators, super predators yeah. actually. Yeah. He called them uh, super so predators. When so you, when you see the unrest on the streets, and so much of it is, is driven by an antipathy toward law enforcement, yeah. and you know, more African-Americans are stopped by the police, the statistics that are cited over and over again, what can you say to those families who, who live on those streets and who are worried? They're worried because they think their sons or even yeah. their daughters could be targeted. Because I know, because I've known you for a long time, you don't want that. You want people to all be treated equally, <laughs> but they have a caricature outrageous. of Republican voters and you're the leader of the party. What do you say to them about that mischaracterization? What the black community wants in this country is they want police and they want law and order. They don't want what's happening to their communities. They're being affected in a much harsher, meaner manner than anybody else. So completely sidesteps the question. Yeah. And answers a different question. Like how easy of a layup would that be for him to, you know, say what he should have said? And I think this whole time he's just avoided saying what he should say for literally every one of these types of questions. And I've said it before, and I I truly mean it. Like all politicians say shit, 
or usually say shit just to get by without them actually believing in what they say. And he won't even do that. He won't even just say something to just make people think, oh, well, finally. I mean, at this point, it wouldn't matter, I don't think. Here's another one. Coming this point, this close to November. Story for weeks. St. Louis African-American police officer shot in the head oh, and yeah, killed Dorn. last night. Hey, he's now another uh, uh, oh, African-American that's true. just killed <laughs> yeah. yesterday. That's true. Yeah. Just That's true. Killed. It's more dangerous to be a police officer killed. today, do you not think, than it has been in the a long time? The police are under siege because of things. It, it, they can do 10,000 great acts, which is what they do, and one bad apple or a choker. You know, a choker. They choke. It's a poor choice of words with everything we've had going on recently. Different, couldn't you wrestle? You know, I mean, in the meantime, he might have been going for a weapon, and you know, there's a whole big thing there. But they choke, just like in a golf tournament, they miss a three foot. You're not comparing it to golf because, of course, that's what the media. I'm saying people choke. People, he's 100 percent comparing. People are bad people. That's so bad. <laughs> and how about Ingram, dude? That's the some of the worst fucking shit I've seen on TV. Jumping in to to cut him off and say, "Oh, don't don't you don't mean what you're saying right now, right?" Because yeah. obviously, <laughs> he's like, oh, no, 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 no. he won't even acknowledge the fact that this is a problem. So, does that change what what you just laid out for us, Adam? So I, I fi- so is the question or is the 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 point posed by the the unknown listener that if you vote for Trump, you're a racist. We'll say is that, is le- that, is that kind less, of is that kind of where way? they are. Yeah, in a less harsh way, we'll say you're indifferent to you know change when it comes to social justice and police brutality. And I think I mean, the way I interpreted it is you care more about your selfish priorities, which may be the economy or something else, as opposed to racial social justice. That's how I interpreted the question. Yeah. So do we know in your minds, like, would you, who, do you guys have an idea of who you would vote for right now? Yeah. I have an idea. I'd, I'd be lying if I said I was 100% convinced that, like, if I were to go to the ballot tomorrow, I know for a fact who I'd vote for. Here's the question. I would say I'm in the same boat as that. Here's I mean, the honestly, question. And I feel like it, it seems like the, the comment is posed to me because I think no, the, you guys are assuming that it's I'm going to, to vote you. one way where I, you're no, not, not even our, sure who I'm voting It's not our comment. No, I didn't, I didn't say it was your comment. I said the, the, the comment that was made. No, it was poised to all of us. And I had, I, my question in response to that is, honestly, other than maybe – just appearance and lack of stupid things like what we just heard. What has Joe Biden said that he's going to do, or what do you think is going to change in this country if he gets elected, that's going to make it a better place for black people to, to live? He hasn't said anything about it because all of his, I, I, all I mean, his, they're not on here to respond, but th- that's, that's the question I have is, you know, I, I don't, I would say no voting for Trump, you know, does not, is not a, uh, binary choice of, you know, I, I don't uh, support uh, the movement for racial justice because Trump is just like we talked about last time. Trump is window dressing. I, I know he's the president of the United States and he's the most important person in the world, but there are things getting done behind the scenes in his administration that are actually 
are positive things. Criminal justice reform has happened where 4,000 people have gotten let out of jail and they've changed the number of offenses that keep you in jail for a certain period. They've done all these things, dismantle all these things in criminal justice that, you know, are actually something good to talk about for once. But you, and, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know about those things or pay more attention because of clips like you just played. Right, and, and that's nobody's fault but Trump's, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that is his fault. It is his fault. Definitely. It is his fault. But, you know, that, that's why if you're a voter, you can peel back the curtain. And, you know, just because Trump says one thing doesn't mean something else is, isn't going to happen. And that may be a really bad way to defend a guy like him, and I'm not even trying to defend him. I'm really not. All I'm trying to poise is what makes everyone so certain that the other side of the aisle has an answer? Because as we talked about, this shit that we're talking about with police brutality and the way police treat people, and then not even that, just all the other systemic racism that we've discussed, think about how fucking difficult that is to try and change. Just even yeah. police brutality alone how fucking difficult that is to try and change and all the nuance that goes into it. Why do we think that administration has the answers that we need? I think it's blind faith. I think people are just saying, well, it can't be much worse than this. So we need to vote this way. Almost similar to the lesser of two evils argument that we used in 2016 between Hillary and Trump. I mean, not, well, not and if someone admits that, then that's fine. Then I'll say, you're right. Sure. I, I, I would say I'm still saying no, though, on the question. I, I don't think agreeing voting a vote for him is not a vote for, you know, more racial tension and racism. So I'm still saying no on it. Yeah. And I agree wholeheartedly with Ty's comment that I don't think anything from a policy and significant like um, racial injustice, police reform changes with Biden versus Trump. I think the reason that you, we get questions like this is because I think it seems very likely that Trump is, for lack of a better term, racist or bigoted or whatever term you want to use, prejudice. Yeah. P- pretty right. pretty Just, safe bet. No, you know what? I, I, th- I honestly think it is. He, he's obsessed with appearance and he's terrified of saying something bad about police because he knows police have unions and those are voters. And I, I, I truly don't think, and of course, I don't fucking know him, but we've had a, you know, a million black people who used to be friends with Trump or our friends with Trump say, dude, he, he's never been a racist. I've hung out with him for 30 years. So I don't but think I mean, this started way before the police stuff. This was the Charlottesville stuff. This was calling Mexicans rapists and murderers. Again, like- again, I don't think it's because he likes white supremacists. He thinks that they're supporters of mine. I can't condemn them or I'll lose their vote. Which you can argue that's racist, I guess, right? Uh, yeah. But I, I don't disagree. I don't think he I, doesn't like black people or, or thinks differently about a black person versus a white person. I, I don't think so. If I had to guess, I think he does. But I, don't, I, I agree with you that I think why he says what he says, not because he wants to openly be racist. I think he says it out of fear and because he doesn't want to lose his base. I think the, the question I would like to ask an African-American person and somebody who's pretty opinionated and rational on the topics we were discussing is, do you feel that just with Trump refusing to acknowledge the situations at hand and acting the way he's been acting for the last three years, that it's making racial relations worse? And if the answer is yes, then I feel even though I have zero confidence the Democratic Party wants to help racial relations at all, 
even a return to the status quo of saying racism is bad and these situations need to be acknowledged could be a step in the right direction if the African-American community strongly feels that Trump really has made things worse by not acknowledging these issues. Sure. And, it, and if you're going to make that argument, then the answer is yes. But I think when you vote for the president of the United States, there's so much more that goes into it than how a group of people may feel about that person. Totally agree. But I, I will say, I strongly feel that there is definitely a correlation, and this is obvious the way it's going to come out, but there's a correlation between, I don't even know how to word this, because I, I don't think by any means it's a binary, if you vote for Trump, you don't care about racial relations, but there's a correlation between who you're voting for and what they stand for and how much you care about the topics at hand. If we were to vote for somebody who we feel like so would if help you were the, to say what uh, does a Republican stand for, right? What correlates with racism? In this, the example we're talking about here, I think the it's you would voting for Trump would mean you care more about all the other things we discussed that we think he could do good on tough on China, um, build the wall, whatever else you want to say Trump's doing that's great you care more about that than you care about racial equality and the but you could say dude Trump, why, trump's not against racial equality he's just supporting the police he would say the same thing but he, but if a white person it. got it, in the this is not a police conversation with trump dude this has been going on literally for years since he got into office and before he got into the office like the whole trump's racist thing did not start in the last 3 months no it started with the birtherism yeah but, like which, shit again like, shit that, like he was that. You know, he, that's idiotic, but, you know, he's... Uh, I think he's a racist, but I think it's because of all the reasons that we've talked about before. It's because the dude is 74 years old, and when he was born in 19... What was 74 years ago? 1950-something? Yes, in the 50s. 1950-something, that 40s. black people didn't even have fucking human rights. So I think he's a byproduct of the environment he was brought up in. So Joe Biden's the same way? Yeah, absolutely. Joe Biden is just good at putting widow dressing on it and saying the right things, which I do think helps the situation. Not yeah. at a significant level, but it does help it. Yeah. And, and you know, I, it I calms say the I crowds and, and, and it may and may keep some of the protests and riots that have happened. Yeah. It will keep those at bay just by saying I condemn what's been happening. Like, like the Democrats were the ones who started the whole, what was that Netflix documentary about all black people in prison during the Clinton 13th. era? Yeah, mass incarceration. Yeah, that just started with Bill Clinton and the Democrats. Like, I don't and believe Joe, they have and any. Joe Biden and Kamala yeah, Harris. Well, he's, and nobody, I nobody wants, establishment. nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah. And, and I don't, that's why I say I have no confidence. They would actually do anything to help, but I think it would be very interesting to get a black person on the show and hear, do they think, or any type of, I think, um, ethnic background person or i can't think of the right term Dude, you know who i do think is racist is fucking mike pence i, I watched he's got a deep rooted i watched the both of their speeches and while trump's wasn't great dude he yeah he he creeps me the fuck out dude <laughs> and he was I like think he's a super gay going super hard like like borderline you know racist or what, however you want to describe it Supporting the police to an extent that it was like uncomfortable. It was actually uncomfortable. Something Without that I don't acknowledging think... even one iota of, of, of some of the, you know, 
we we would you know I guess the night the nice way would say it would be very questionable decisions they've made. He just he he just was going one thousand percent into fully backing the police. Similar you know pretty similar to what Trump's doing, but yeah. not as you know dare I say it not as crazy as Trump has sounded. Where Pence is just like stone cold robot in the in some of these speeches well, that, that when discussing. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Is you hear Trump talk, you're like he sounds like a dude who's just riffing and has no idea right. what he's talking about Whereas, here pants he's composed he's like composed. he thought about this before he's, he said it he thinks he's thought about what he's saying right now and he's very sure about his thoughts yeah. that he's you know putting over the microphone do, yeah. do you think pence is an evil person or he's just such a spineless pussy jellyfish that he just says whatever trump tells him to say i think he's good at playing politics you know, to, to, to stay in his good graces. Like, I don't think he's said a word that's come out of his own brain since he's been on TV running for VP. Yeah, he's, he's terrifying. Yeah, I mean, he's... he's and, like, his, like, anti-gay shit is just... Uh, I'm so anybody obnoxious. who's that anti-gay 100% loves dick. Guaranteed, <laughs> dude. There's no reason you would care that much. Just a mask. Oh, it's just a beard the whole time. Insane. Those are always the people you catch, like, in the in the like with the priest with kids or whatever, like doing weird shit like that. Yeah. So I, I think while I, you know, I said, right. I don't think Trump's a racist. I don't think he dislikes black people or anything. I think it's clear as day that if you support Trump, you have to acknowledge that he is unwilling to empathize uh, with the black community with regards to the stuff that's happened this summer. Yeah. I mean, that's just fact. Yeah, for sure. That's just fact. I mean, yep. he's done a really, really terrible job at it. When it's honestly kind of couldn't be an easier job. There's a, All there, you have to do is lie. Everyone a, does it. Yeah, there's a political way to support both the police yes. and, you know, victims of police brutality. And but, shame, shame on the people surrounding him for not doing, doing all they can to uh, fucking convince him. Right. Just shame like, on dude. him and shame on them. Yeah. But on the flip side, you have Kamala Harris. Am I saying her name right? Yeah. Kamala. Yeah. Kamala Harris saying that she's proud of jacob blake she's the biggest phony i've ever met in my well, entire I'm, I'm life just saying, kelly like, was not happy about that you you can look at the other side and say yeah I, I definitely agree with you that you know that's more on the forefront of their priority list but like the way like I, when i hear shit like that it's like dude like what are you thinking saying that like what how yeah. hard do you have to to pander one way it's like, it's unbelievable, dude. It's almost like both, like, and I, we've said it before, both of these campaigns are, like, just trying to out-fuck up each other and become more unrelatable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yep. I, I agree. And, and like, all, all the, the news... I don't know. And, I mean, it's it's nothing new. It's not like it's anything we haven't said before, but all the news coverage, like, I look on, we, you know, we're all on the news app and whatnot. All I see are stories. I've, I've seen three or four stories about Kamala Harris's Chuck Taylors. And how I'm serious. I'm dead. No, I know have different algorithms. It, I don't just, get those. Yeah, it's just hysterical that they're making a point to cover that stuff. And that is like people are seeing that and be like, wow, she's the fucking she's cool. She, I, I and love then her. Eighteen like and his dad. Jeans. And there's eighteen articles written about how stupid the president is and how dumb he is. You know, not uh mistruths, but like how many times can you write the same article? And you're not going to cover the other side in a critical way that you cover one, you know, the other. It's just right. it's yeah. funny. It's funny. When's the um, debate? Do we know yet? 26th, I think. 
I just came up with that off the top of my head. I think I remember. So a couple, couple weeks. It's the, it's the end of this. It's the end of this month. I'm pretty sure the first one is the end of this month. We definitely should do a debate um, review. Recap. Deb- yeah. yeah, debate recap. Do a whole episode about that. Yeah. Um. So I, I was gonna get into the Pelosi stuff, but I'm gonna skip that. Did you guys? Fuck so her. did you guys end up uh, reading that article from Barstool? I, I didn't read the whole thing. I read like okay. the first paragraph. I I, re- I read the whole thing. <laughs> Adam just sounds defeated saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm yes. surprised Barstool. Anyway, go 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 for it. No, so uh, this this woman Trista Crick, uh, I don't think has been at Barstool terribly long. I never heard um, of her. Yeah, so wrote a uh, a column uh, or a blog for the site uh, titled "Why the Brooklyn Nets Hiring the Whitest NBA Coach Since Fred Hoiberg Is Super Problematic." I mean, honestly, like you can look at that and say, like, is that a troll job? Like, you yeah, think I think it almost—it's got to be. It's not, dude. It's not. <laughs> it's actually dead serious. So she goes into this long spiel about, you know, how, you know, where we are in America today, and you know, he doesn't have any experience, right? Blah blah blah, and mm-hmm. just gets absolutely fucking shredded in like the comments and on Twitter and shit like that, and went on uh barstool uh whatever the fuck show like brandon walker and marty mush yeah, and some walk the line or something dan, like that yeah yeah i believe dan so. was on there too um and this was uh so they had her in to talk about it and i have a few cuts here of her trying to defend oh i can't wait article to do this wrote, which which was i mean it was it was bad it was bad she must have done this for attention no, wait till you hear her voice. All the point is, is one, we have a problem in the league, and I think it's been very widely discussed right now in this moment. This is a this is a poignant moment in history, where you're talking about inclusion, you're talking about setting up a pipeline for my Michael, no, setting up a pipeline. No, I know, it just stopped in my ear. You're setting up. You want to set up a pipeline for black coaches to be able to have assistant roles, to have co- head coaching roles, which they. I think there's only five head coaches that are black in the league. And then, at this very moment, you've got KD and Kyrie both talking about that publicly, wanting to give them the opportunity to have that pipeline. And at the exact same breath, in the exact same moment you hire and you say yes to someone who does not have any coaching experience when there is a long list of assistants that were waiting in the wings for this role. Okay. So she references that long list of coaches in the league that haven't gotten their shot and are waiting. Here are some of the names on that list. Mark Jackson, Ty Lu, Jason Kidd, Nate McMillan, Alvin Gentry, Mike Brown, I mean, the list goes on and on. I, there's a bunch yeah. of people I don't know in here, but all those people, how many fucking chances have they gotten? They've all had their shots. Right. Well, <laughs> and, and I, I was going to see it. She had me and I was agreeing until she got to all these people waiting their chance and Steve Nash skipped the line with no coaching experience. It's not just about how long you wait. And we'd say, hey, take all those guys off. Think of every other assistant coach on a team is what, 30 of them at least, right? Assistant head coaches. Yeah. 
that doesn't mean they deserve a job. That's no. not how this works. It's, it's not, not you like, it's sit not like there you, and you wait and then you get hired. <laughs> it's not like you wait to like vest or something in like 10 years. Okay, you get a head coaching job the next no. time it opens up. Doesn't like talking like about an NBA Hall of Fame point guard who's one of the smartest basketball players of all time. How disrespectful is that to say of a group of people that they should just be given jobs because they've been there? Isn't that well, we may have to bleep this out, but it's the same group of chicks that think that they are paid 30% less than us for every job that they do. It's just not reality. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, the, she goes, I mean, the, these next couple of cuts are, are, are fucking great too. Okay. My question now is this, it has been reported that KD and Kyrie both are in right. favor of this hire. Right. So you're telling me of that course they are in a moment. Yep. Two black men, you're, two you're superstar players. You're putting words in their mouth that they only want black coaches from here on out, that they would not that like. That was not what my point was either. But it, wouldn't you say, Tristy, you obviously love the NBA. Like, it is a player's league. For sure. So if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving say they want Steve Nash as the coach, that's going to be the coach. If, like, that's how the league works. LeBron does it all the time. Like, if you are a superstar in the NBA, you get to basically make these types of decisions or at least have a huge influence on them. Yeah, and that's kind of my point is if – Kyrie and KD are about it, about the movement. About it. If they want him, they should at least explain why Steve Nash. What? <laughs> Dude, has she not fucking insane. Does she not know who Steve Nash is? Well, I think she's saying they, they need to explain and apologize pretty much why not a black guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> she's, ta- she's telling two black men, two grown black men, that they need to come out and explain to the public why they didn't decide to choose someone to be their head coach who has the same color skin as them. Dude, this is I'm another getting... fucking example of white people do see yep. racism where nobody else is. It's, it's ridiculous. So on a Rogan episode I was listening to today, there was a guy who was saying, if you talk to black people right now, they say white people are in a conflict in a war. We're sitting this one out, just waiting for you guys to figure out what the hell you're riding about. Figure it out. Like, honestly, I think that's how most black people feel right now. We're the ones making up these fakes, not fake, but making up these problems that are not the problems they actually are. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, she's like going above and beyond. It seems like to be like accepted and be like, Hey, see, see what she's doing. She's, she's out there. She's out to bat for us. We, we really appreciate, like, she wants that she reaction. Wants all those athletes to tweet at her. She wants them to pipe say, her, let's be real, and say, <laughs> this is everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so do you think this whole thing episode. is one big virtue signal? Uh, I mean, what else if, could if, it she, be? if she honestly believes what she's saying, what's, what's coming out of her mouth, like, I, I, there's no hope in the world for someone that thinks like that. Like, they're just going to forever look for something to bitch and complain about. Like, this is the least this is the one of the worst examples you could possibly give that's why everyone was like slamming her because she comes out this video that i'm clipping was released from her she released another blog saying the title was you know oh like this happens when you like release a controversial blog or something to that effect call it controversial everyone commented was like this actually isn't controversial at all. Controversial at all. It's just the stupidest fucking take yeah. anyone's ever had. I haven't heard one person agree with her. Like even Charles Bar- Barkley was like, "Get the fuck out of here." Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah. just, I, it, oh my god. So it, she finishes it off with, uh, with this cut here, which is great too. If they had hired Chauncey Billups, would you have blogged it? I mean, I I don't think so. No. 
<laughs> That's so fucking pathetic. Do you think that white privilege exists? No. Okay. Oh. Well, then. I think it's don't... a made up word to make feel, people okay. feel bad about things. Okay. Well, we don't need to get into that. Before I let it keep playing, because obviously I think we'd She's say. cringy. Well. Brandon, I, I think you're dumb to think that well, white privilege yeah, doesn't that, exist. That was not a – that, that's a separate conversation. Right. Yeah, it's like, I mean, you're a dope, but, like, that, that, that's the, really the core of why those, you know, like, people, the people that virtue signal really make me mad is because it's like when you ask them tough questions and they have no answers, she immediately is like, well, does white privilege exist? Yep. It's, it's a fallback. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a fallback that most of the time, like, you know, clearly Brandon Walker has, like, answered it a different way that I think most people would try to answer that. But it's almost like a safety net. You can always go back to that. You can always go back to just saying, oh, well, you're a racist because you don't agree with, with this sentiment I'm putting out there. It's, right. it's a fail safe. Right. And it's just not. And it's, it's a cringeworthy a, fail safe. And, like, and it's it, really hard to combat it it destroys the chance they have to try and conduct like meaningful conversations or salvage any credibility of what, of what they're trying to, what sure, message they're that, trying that to too. Send but like, I, I just think I can make a broad strokes thing where a lot of people on that side or that, that have that kind of attitude are impossible to talk to because they only want to hear stuff that affirms what they're saying. Yeah, they only want to hear you say they're married to their to ideas. Their ideas are their identity. Yeah, and they're not willing to talk about it. They're just they want you to listen. And um, I, I, get, I get bar stools draw, especially for people that want to work there, is they they hire you for a reason. They let you blog. They let you write stuff and and say whatever you want, whatever you're thinking. And and I think that's great. But this is an example of when that fucking backfires because this this looks terrible. I think oh, it just it, looks stupid. And, I, and I'm not saying I'm not saying like it's like going to have like a big backlash for the company. I'm not, it's it's one random person I've never heard of before until you sent me that article. Oh, so yeah. I don't think it's going to I I just think it, it destroys any credibility that she's going to have going forward right on these any of dumbass, these kind of issues, right? Exactly. So yeah. I don't think it really no, affects Barstool as a whole, but for her it's like any article that she posts or blog I think people, some people will think twice, like, all right, like, here we go. It's going to be another yeah. virtue signaling attempt. But just... there, that is a thing. You walk into a place. I'm not going to get into a social okay. conversation. Okay, if that exists, fine. That doesn't exist here with Steve Nash. Okay. He's a two-time MVP. He's a Hall of Famer. You can't just use that blanket white privilege and say he got hired because of that. I don't think he got hired because Then why did you bring up that. the phrase? Because if Chauncey Billups got hired, that's not the same thing. We're talking about the moment that we it's live a, in. It's a point guard with no experience. It's the exact same but thing. But saying Steve Nash doesn't have experience is crazy to me. Like, hired... He's coached. He uh, hasn't uh, coached. No, he, no. Yeah. He was an assistant on the on the Warriors. He was like a, a not a he was high like a consultant. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like, he, I'm saying he never. I'm not saying he's like a head coach or assistant coach, but he's been in organizations. Like he's not just like he wasn't sitting on the couch and like, hey, you might be a good coach. Like he's been in organizations before. Right, and again, it's only a problem if somebody's one color skin or and not the other or gender, right? Whatever. Jason, so Jason Kidd got a, got the first job he had head coach in the Bucks, right? But no experience at all. Right. And everybody celebrated that <laughs> as, they, as they should. As most people are celebrating the Steve Nash hire, it's like, this is going to be sick. Steve Nash is going to coach Kyrie Irving and KD. And so, it, it, it's just like, how many times can she say, because I saw you roll your eyes, Jared, it's the, mo it's the moment. The yeah. moment we're in. This is a moment. 
It's We're always so, in a fucking moment. There's a new topic so du jour up. every fucking moment. Right, right, yeah. Like, well, a girl like that, I want to see them deal with the situation where, say, she goes and applies for this job at Barstool, and Barstool has a diversity um, initiative where they want to improve their diversity in their office and hire my minor- more minorities. Will she be okay with somebody who's a minority, who's less qualified than her, getting that job at Barstool because it's in the moment right now? I She'd guarantee say you yes. She, but you know she yes. wouldn't. Of course not. No. Who, who would? Nobody. Exactly. So that, that was it. I mean, again, I think, you know, uh, we call out hypocrisy when we see it. That, that, that's what we try to do here. And that was just like the one of the worst things I've ever heard. Like to, yeah, she she could have come on like Adam said and and kind of gave in and capitulated and said yeah you know what no I I went too far like you know I just she could have just said oh I I just you know I want to see more black head coaches in the league we only have five whatever sure, Any, you know what? would have said I think okay it, you could say get the it. NFL the NBA absolutely yeah. I don't think anyone has an issue with that yep but to say it was white privilege that got Steve Nash a coaching job is just just disingenuous it's exactly. Just, it's the easiest yeah. thing to do in the but world. Barstool's getting closer and closer by the week to, I think, losing what made everybody love them and what made their fan base loyal. It wasn't just about engaging content. It was about authenticity and Yeah, but you still like, have enough authentic guys, I think, to offset those clowns. And it, these I, clowns I hope, I hope so. Mean, I've literally I so. never heard of her but, until but today. But I even think, like, her and, like, Dude, like the more we talked about like part of my take, like I struggled to make their part of my take episode these days. I know. Like, it was nice just, to have Warren Sharp on the other day. Yeah, that's the only reason I liked it is because right. it was back to talking about things that we actually cared about in football and none of this is PC bullshit. Like it's almost right. like that they're we turning talk about into on main... here every day. <laughs> that that <laughs> but, is the main focus of uh, what we do. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know what you mean. They're yeah, turning into CBS it. and cable news. Yeah. If they continue down this trajectory, you will not be able to tell the difference between what they say and what ESPN says, other than maybe a couple sex references in a year. Right. Hopefully not. Um, all right. So we'll, we'll want to end with most thoughts. Do you have some most thoughts here? No, I don't have most thoughts because I know we were trying to keep it brief. I didn't prepare anything. Well, just we'll, we'll uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play you in here with a little with a little sound, and then why don't you just give us an update on? Because I think I thought it was you know interesting. Um, I was surprised. So give us an update on, on where we stand with the, uh, the hinge girlfriend. Okay. Um, all right. So hold on here. Is that I, me dude, at the I, moment I or what? I thought you were about to play a recording of me talking. I didn't know I was getting an intro song. Love it. <laughs> All right. We're that back pretty much, that pretty much sounded like you did um, during your punishment last night. Pretty close. I hope I sounded that good. I, don't <laughs> well, I thought it was appropriate. Recording. Yeah, no, that's perfect. So we're back in the saddle, listeners. Mo is back in the saddle. So he, um, I'm t- still talking to <laughs> <in> third person. <laughs> Dude, that, that, you should do that for this segment. All third person? Strictly third Most person. Most thoughts in Go. the third person. All right. So Mo had been dating this girl on Hinge for the past month or so. Um, thought it was going relatively well. Been hanging out a few days a week. 
Uh, and then out of nowhere, late last week, so we were well, not really out of nowhere, but we were we were hanging out and um, like maybe an hour or so before she's about to leave, just like things got a little like I could tell something was up. She went like quiet. I was like, okay. I was like, hey, everything all right? Like, what's going on? Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Okay, whatever. Um, text her the next day, like, hey, you sure everything was cool last night? No response all day. Then just uh, a text saying, hey, something along the lines of, I don't know if I feel a connection um, now that like we've been physical. You're a really, really great guy, but I think we should just move forward as friends. Just like that out of nowhere, kind of out of nowhere. So at first I was like, all right. Like one that's kind of fucking lame that you just sent me like a text out of the blue, considering we've been hanging out like multiple times a week for right. the past month. Right. Um, but I like I honestly wasn't that upset really at all. I think I, I got a handful of thoughts on the whole situation. I think one, I was going into this whole thing with like literally no expectations at all. I was like just gonna have fun, see what happens. Like I just definitely enjoyed her company and enjoyed like having a chick around and all the things that comes with that. But by no means is that like, Oh, this is somebody like I really, really, really like. And like, I don't, I didn't just, I didn't let those thoughts get into my head yet. It was, right. it was still early. And you, you had said that, you know, at the last episode we talked about it. Yeah. Like I was, like, I was eh. making a point not to yeah. do that. Cause it, you just, you just like, and I've said this before, but you literally know nothing about somebody, especially being somebody you meet online. Especially like knowing them for a bigger, month. small their dick is until you get them in the sack. And then- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's only one way to find that out. Right. So, um, well, yeah, you, you know nothing about somebody like when you meet them online yeah. and they're a stranger for the, for the past month. And, and I said this to Adam when I saw him over the weekend. Like she definitely had some things that were kind of like red flags pretty early on that she said that I was like, eh, like normally I'd be the guy who's kind of like, all right, like, you know, not deal breaker to that guy, like not into it. Like I'll move on to something new. I was like, I'm going to force myself, just roll with it. I have no expectations, whatever happens, happens. So like, I, I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but like second time we were hanging out or third time we we're hanging out. Um, she mentioned how since she had broken up with her serious boyfriend in March, she had been on something like 50 hinge dates. Whoa. Since March. Whoa. So I was like, well, that's a lot. Big numbers. And, yeah. What? And then, yeah. She said 50. She said, yeah, she said 50. She could have been exaggerating. Probably, even, if even, she, if she even if she was exaggerating, that means two. 30. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, that's still <laughs> Even if it was 25, a lot. even she doubled it. Um, <laughs> so I was like, okay, kind of concerning, but whatever. Again, I had no expectations. Yeah, I'll just yeah. kind of roll with it. And then like that same time, like she brought up asking like, hey, like what's the number of people you slept with? Um, and I was like, like five or six. And she's like, oh, like I'm just under 20. And like, wow. again, not something that was really a turnoff to me. Like whatever that did, doesn't bother me at all. But the fact that she's been on 50 dates and she just got out of a relationship and she slept with, you know, maybe more than 20 dudes. If she threw that number out there, like, I think that that means she was just looking and I used this term to Adam. We'll bleep this one out for the family at home. She was looking to get gorilla fucked. I'm pretty sure. Like, uh, <laughs> what? And just, she don't, was don't not. She got a, a, I went on a date with five eleven. Five eleven. If I'm lucky. No, <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I, I, I was my my thought on that was like clearly she's on hinge for a 
it seems like for a, a very a specific reason, which a lot of people are unhinged for. Some people. Well, just, what was weird about it was like she kept making a point of how like she's like trying wants to find the right guy and like settle down, yeah, but at the same time it's been on fifty dressing. dates. Well, that's called she's so, full like, of sherry. Like when like you're actively like trying hard to find someone, like that's just never gonna work. Yeah, and I think to make I don't even know like what you're necessarily looking for at that point to go on 50 dates in six months none of them have worked out and like i thought things were going relatively well between us like clearly she didn't feel the same way but <laughs> to just like cut something off like that well if you're like actually looking for someone serious like you must either one your priorities are all types of effed up or like you're actually not looking for anything that serious yeah so so that happened mo's back in the saddle I'm excited about it. No hard feelings whatsoever. Um, enjoyed having a girl around for a month or so and ready to go meet a bunch more Hinge chicks and see Watch what out. Happens. Watch out, Hinge. Um, Close back. Back on the app. Have, <laughs> have, you, uh, have you gone on any Hinge dates since? No, that happened Thursday night, and we were away till Monday. I haven't planned any yesterday or today. All right. So it sounds like... You need to hear this once again. Go! <laughs> Back in the saddle, baby. Love it. Love it. I mean, yeah, that we had to we had to close with that. I you know, again, this is just something you're never gonna get anywhere else, people. So full authenticity. Yeah. Full authenticity. Um, I'm no gorilla, more of a chimp. <laughs> You're looking to get a chimp fucked. This is the guy for you. <laughs> we'll bleep that one out too, please. <laughs> oh my god, our views have been plummeting though. Have they? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah, we gotta th- we gotta do something, dude. We gotta well, do something drastic. R- Rogan's officially out of LA. He had his first uh, episode in his Texas dude. studio. He just moved last week, so LA Crown is up for grabs. Maybe when you come down here, we'll try to see if we can catch an Find interview him. with him. Have, <laughs> just track him down. Have him on somewhere in the middle. Have the mics hot and ready to go. So he, he got so many people that found his studio in L.A. He hired ex-Marines as private security. and ha- It was like an old warehouse and had all of the windows like totally boarded up so nobody could peek in. That's so um, my guess Jesus. is he probably did something similar in Texas. Hey, did you, uh, did you see that uh, Rogan's getting censored? All those episodes. Not he hasn't talked about it. No, I, I did see it. Yeah. Pretty much anything that was remotely controversial, Spotify did not put up. And the king falls to the mighty dollar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would have hoped that he would have said like, no, you're getting all of them or none of them. But That's I don't think. bullshit. I'm curious. And I would have liked for him to talk about it. Maybe he will eventually. Like, I'm curious if he gets a say in what Spotify is putting up or not putting up. Because the way the deal works is a licensing deal. So Spotify, only thing they get is exclusive access to his podcasts. So I'm wondering if he doesn't get a say in, like, how it goes up or what they do with that content or I something mean, if, like that. If, he, if, if the topic came up, he could just say you get all or nothing, like you said. Either I want you to host. I mean, all if that's going to put the hundred mil at risk, I'd be right there with him. So you'd you'd censor, you'd bow. 
Dude, I would bow too. I would absolutely uh, bow. Are you kidding me? So, and what I didn't all that realize, fucking money, dude. So he was talking yeah, about man, the other I day get, too. He makes so much. He gets all of his ad revenue. He was already getting the hundred mil was excuse exclusive licensing only. He's still doing all of his ad reads. Yeah. So, however many millions he was making before, he's making the hundred mil on top of that. Dude, Joe Rogan's making way That's too awesome. much. He needs, he needs to give some of that back. Yeah, He's of course Jared never up. brings up Rogan when he talks about <laughs> chopping well, down their legs. And 100 mil is a lot different than 180 bill. What do you think he's worth? What do you think zeros. Rogan's worth? I don't know. Let's Google it. Let's see. Joe Adam, what's the score of the Celtics game? It is. It's halftime. 52-48 Cs. Ooh, close. Halftime already. Holy shit. I know. It's fucking fun. Um, Second half always goes by so slower. Google has his net worth at 100 mil, which I'm sure a large portion of that is that Spotify deal. Before that, I don't think he was like, he was rich as fuck, but I don't think he was crazy, crazy rich. I was going to say like in the, you know, two to three hundreds. I mean, he's been around for a, he's been a pretty big name. I don't for think a comedians while. make that type of money. Like he's never been like up until this past year, this was his first stadium tour. Not even with like UFC, like the time with that. Not not Fear Factor. That that doesn't count. But like well, he, you know. that's how he made most of his money. With no, Fear I, Factor. I know. But like I would say, even up to now, most of his money was Fear Factor. Up until like last few years, yeah. Really? Yeah. Dude, even was, more than doing the UFC stuff. Yeah. Do you remember Damn. Fear Factor was the like number one show on TV even when it came out? I, mean, I watched years. it. I, I didn't realize how popular it was, but he made, probably made know. that Jeff Probst money. Same type of thing as like Survivor. I miss Survivor. I know it's still around. But <laughs> All I, the things I miss, Survivor's not one of them. <laughs> Dude, that first season was pretty pretty dope. Well, it was pretty dope. It, Gay Richard had a Portsmouth, Rhode Island with the W and the tax evasion right after. Represent. What big plans you got tomorrow, Jared? You got a day off. Tell us what you're doing. Take us through it. Going up to Lake Winnipesaukee. Oh, man. So, I was, fuck, I forgot it was Thursday. I was hoping yeah, you could be like, uh, <laughs> I've got much. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you go today for a walk. I didn't do much. Today I woke up. But I, it's my thing when I've been on my staycation is I love just like going to bed super late like I used to back in the Hell day yeah. on a weekday, like midnight, 1230, just not giving a fuck. <laughs> love it. Midnight, 1230. And then so I woke up at 830, slept in a little bit, um, made a coffee, watched a little YouTube for a half hour about Von Miller's injury, um, got a workout in, made lunch. Went to the grocery store and then played Xbox for four hours and then ate dinner and then did this. <laughs> so not a whole lot. Yeah, not a bad day though. Nah, it was like perfect. It was chill. That's exactly what I wanted. Yeah. So tomorrow, getting up to the lake house. We got a sweet house right on the yeah, lake. Yeah, don't front, dox yourself. Why? Say, the <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just saying, like, as if we were a huge podcast and you're going to tell everyone where you're going to be. In <laughs> Lake Winnipesaukee. Look for the house. We got a boat. <laughs> Come and find me, baby. <laughs> we got a boat rental on Saturday. Dan's got his boat in license. Awesome. So we're going to do a day out on the water. That is going to be fucking Sounds sweet. great. Yeah. Can't wait. All right. Have fun. All right. Celtics time. Seize. Let's guys. go, baby. I, Take I us away, guys. Adam. No, nope, I, I didn't hear it. I love you guys.